Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Eastern Airlines Radio Show's Thursday broadcast of the Reaper Radio Hour, brought to you by the Eastern Airlines Radio Show and the Retired Eastern Pilots Association. We share the stories and memories of the pilots who flew the planes of Pitcairn Aviation, Eastern Air Transport, and Eastern Airlines. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and producer of the show. We hope you'll enjoy the stories we bring to you every Thursday at this time. And by the way, we have 50 countries around the world listening to us, and I hope you're listening, Chris, way over there in Europe. I talked to you this week, and you might be listening, but uh, uh, welcome. We hope you'll enjoy the show and join the conversation during the broadcast. Now, let's get the show in the air and get the engine started. Reaper 28, you're cleared to start engines. Hey, Reaper 28, that's 28, you're cleared for takeoff. Roger, Reaper 28, we're on the roll, requesting a straight out departure. That's approved, Reaper 28.
more passengers have flown Eastern than any other airline in the free world. If you've helped make us America's favorite way to fly, we thank you. If you haven't flown Eastern recently, give us a try. We'll show you we really do earn our wings every day. you just heard starting up were simply stated from the male wings to the huge Lockheed L-1011 TriStar, a.k.a. the Whisper Liner. By the way, that was a beautiful sound of the right four right R-3350 engines of the Lockheed Constellation, probably another successful Eastern Air shuttle flight. As we like to tell our first-time listeners, you can listen in with your smartphone or go to our radio provider at www.radioshow.com forward slash Captain Eddie at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and just click on the start arrow. Remember, it must be at 3 p.m. or you will be given the message that the show has not begun. Better yet. Why not listen, as many listeners do, and just call in at 213-816-1611. This will put you on a producer's board, and all you have to do to share your comments or join in our discussion is to touch the number one on your smartphone's keyboard. That will tell the producer to unmute your phone's microphone. Then just join in the fun. We have added a new announcement to our radio, uh, Reaper Radio Hour broadcast each week. When we become aware of our Eastern pilots and or their spouses' passage to the West uh, on their final flight, we are, we are, when we are given the names of the deceased Eastern pilots, we will pay honor to these men and women who once flew the skies of this great airline. Uh, Captain Neal, do you have any names that we've passed uh, that we can uh, forward to our host this week? Yes, Don, thank you very much. We received this notice during the past week from REPA, uh, and it goes, Ladies and gentlemen, we regret to inform you of the passing of retired Eastern Captain John S. King. We just learned that Captain King died on September 25th, 2020, at the age of 85. Now, due to the COVID virus, a private service was held with only his family attending. Uh, this notice was passed on to us by Captain Jim Holder. Back to you, Don. Oh, thanks, Neil. When we received these notices during the past week of REPA, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen, we regret to inform you of the passing of these people. And we just learned of Captain King died on September 25th, 2020, at the age of 85. So uh, from now on, we'll be passing that information along to you as we receive it. Now, let's uh, let's head up to uh, Long Island, New York. And uh, Captain Mike Scott, are you there? 
Yes, Don. How you doing? Anyway, thank you, Don. It's great, uh, and it's great. The radio show now honors the Eastern pilots and spouses uh, taking their final flight west during the broadcast. We hope they uh, come as few and far between as they can. Now, folks, sit back and enjoy some great aviation stories, as our producer said, stories written by the pilots who flew the airplanes of Pitcairn Aviation, Eastern Air Transport, and Eastern Airlines, stories printed in Reaper T and other publications. Today we have a few short stories from our producer found on the pages of Reaper T. Harry, how about telling some of our listeners what they may have missed if they didn't hear our radio show last week? All right, Captain Mike, thanks. Uh, in our last episode, we heard the story of Reaper editor Captain Bill Malone about the time his street turned into a movie studio. That's right. A movie was made almost in front of his home. The movie was Driving Miss Daisy, uh, and Bill's old pickup truck was shown in a scene. This was followed by two more interesting letters our producer found in the mailbag. It was another great broadcast. What do you have to start today's show, Captain Mike? Well, Harry, as we've heard in our past shows, in the pages of Reaper T, many different memories from the members and readers. But it is laced with humor and poetry along with the adventures of the pilot group. Today, Captain Neal reads some of, the, of both. Mr. Producer, how about a chuckle or two? Okay, let's see if I can find one that I wanted to play. I think this might be it here. Let's see what it sounds like. And if if so, it's by Captain Bill Richardson. Let's hope it is. Not every page of repartee is about, and there I was with a runaway prop on number one, a flame out on number two, losing power on three and four, and heavily coated with glaze ice on my ailerons, rudder and elevator, and a message from dispatch telling me to proceed to my alternate as destination airport is zero, zero. On other pages, there's a little humor. Here's one sent in by Captain W.J. Bill Richardson, and it's titled Vectors, or Rules to Fly By. Every activity generates its own laws, adages, axioms, theories, principles, and observations. Listed here are some overheard in my airline. Whether any can be called a great truth depends on where you sit. And here they are. An airline pilot is a confused soul who talks about women when he's flying and about airplanes when he's with a woman. A captain is two flight engineers sewn together. A comment about how well things are going is a sure guarantee of trouble. Clocks lie. A 12-hour layover passes more quickly than a 6-hour trip. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't fixed, don't fly it. Crime wouldn't pay if the FAA ran it and would lose money if management took over. Winds aloft are the most used by historians. Anyone who depends on a forecast can be sold the Brooklyn Bridge. A greaser is 50% luck. Two in a row are all luck. Three in a row, and someone's lying. 
The more traffic at a terminal, the better it is handled. The friendliest flight attendants are those on the trip back home. The longer the trip, the greater the odds of having an inoperative autopilot. There are four ways to fly, the right way, the wrong way, the company way, and the captain's way. Only one counts. You know, arguing with a captain is like arguing with a radar cop. Jokes told by flight engineers are ignored. Co-pilot jokes draw smiles, and captain jokes send co-pilots and engineers into hysterics, none of which proves who tells the funniest jokes. A captain with little confidence in his crew usually has little in himself. A good pilot may be disappointed by his airplane, but it will never surprise him. The sharpest captains are the easiest to work with. The tape that supports your version is certain to be accidentally erased. Nothing is more optimistic than a dispatcher's estimated time of departure. The owner's manual that comes with a $500 refrigerator is much better than the one you get with a $50 million airplane. The chances of having a check rider on board declines with the destination ceiling. And if it doesn't work, rename it. Please see me at once. Memos from the chief pilot are distributed only on Friday after office hours. <laughs> Flying skill and administrative ability are not often found in the same individual. Thus, the average chief pilot is either right where he belongs or he's a total misfit. Everything in the company manual, charts, graphs, policies, FARs, warnings, the works, can be summed up to read, Captain, it's your baby. Most airline foods taste like chicken because most airline food is chicken. If an earthquake opened a 10-foot runway crack that caused a landing mishap, the NTSB would blame it on pilot error, of course. One hole in the clouds is worth 10 published approaches. And a thunderstorm is rarely as bad as it looks from outside. It's usually worse. When talking about yesterday, a weatherman, a weatherman is a scientist. When talking about tomorrow, he's reading tea leaves. A good simulator performance is like a successful appendectomy on a cadaver. And a ground school instructor understands flying in the way an astronomer understands the stars. The level at which CHOP will be encountered can be easily determined by using this formula. The assigned cruising altitude minus 500 feet. There's only one thing worse than a captain who never flew as co-pilot, and that's a co-pilot who once flew as captain. A co-pilot is an idiot until he spots traffic at 12 o'clock, after which he's a goof-off for not seeing it sooner. Any pilot who does not privately consider himself the best in the business is in the wrong business.
And every ground school class includes one idiot who, at 4.55 p.m., asks a question requiring a 20-minute answer. <laughs> the only human more pitiful than a captain who can't make up his mind is a co-pilot who has to fly with him. Federal aviation regulations are either written by the most brilliant lawyers in Washington or the most stupid. Accepted checklist philosophy requires that pilots read to each other the things they do every day and recite from memory the things they do once every five years. If it's lousy here, it's probably clear where you're going. Any attempt to stretch fuel will coincide with an increase in headwind. A crew scheduler is a sort who wakes his wife at midnight and tells her to carry out the garbage. Right, Harry. Anyone can fly trips, but it takes a genius to bid trips. Tell strangers you work for another airline, and they'll tell you how much better yours is. Jet and recip engines operate on the same principle. Suck, squeeze, bang, and blow. The louder a co-pilot gripes about his skippers, the more likely it is that he will become an insufferable captain himself. The pilot who acts as banker when settling the tab for a crew dinner will come out $6 short and be expected to leave the tip. The most nerve-wracking of airline duties the flight engineers, is the flight engineer's job on a proving run flown by two chief pilots. It is usually easier to cope with one major in-flight problem than a series of minor ones. Real trouble usually comes in small doses. And finally, the hotter the layover date, the greater the chances of arriving four hours late. <laughs> uh, Boy, yeah, he was right on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, here's one that the editor thought was humorous. With the events going on during the year of the magazine's publication called Recognized Air. Well, we call it Reorganized Air, Don, and here it is. In the 1983 issue of Repartee, an article appearing titled Welcome to Reorganized Air. New York City, welcome aboard Reorganized Airways. I'm your pilot, Hank Whitebread. We're cruising at 33,000 feet, and I'm working for $3.25 an hour plus tips. Your co-pilot is Dusty Blander. He flies for room and board. If we can do anything to make your flight more pleasant, don't hesitate to ask one of the cabin attendants. They're indentured servants. And yes, we're all really sorry we didn't accept the 80% pay cut when we had the chance. Since reorganized air danced through the bankruptcy courts, we've done a lot more than bust the unions. We've emerged a leaner, more efficient operation. K 
capable of flying you folks from Chicago to Houston for $1.89 and still make a tidy profit. As more cost-cutting measures are introduced, we'll set fares still lower. Early next year, we'll inaugurate our Boston-Washington commuter run for a low, low $0.85. Cents. And by next spring, if you fly us from Los Angeles to San Francisco, we'll pay you 5 bucks. But reorganized airways is more than great fares. We're an innovative company with new ideas for the air traveler of today and the day after. There's our favored flyer class where you, the passenger, get to do us, the airline, a favor. On your way home from the terminal, how about dropping off a few packages around town? Just be sure that you absolutely positively get them there by 10 a.m., and we'll knock off 15% off your fare. If you look around, you'll see that some of your fellow passengers are flying mall maid service. A long flight can be pretty dull, so why not break the monotony by running a vacuum cleaner over the carpet or emptying the ashtrays? It means a cleaner aircraft for us and big savings for you. Can you cook tasteless food? Pass out magazines? Land the 747? Talk to us, and we'll work out a new class just for you. Uh-oh, Bernie Levinson, our guest navigator on this flight, he does just such a swell job, it's hard to believe he's really a mailman, informs me that we're approaching the drop zone. Will all passengers flying budget para-class para please pick up their gear and assemble at the rear door? To them and to those of you continuing on to the actual airport, I want to say on behalf of the entire company, thanks for flying the deregulated skies. When do you think that was written, Mike? Harry? Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> right before the, right after deregulation. I right. Was. Yeah, exactly. In exactly. the late right 70s, after. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Late 70s. 78 was deregulation. And I think I got that out of the 1981 or 82 uh, repartee. Yeah, so, that's about the time it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very good. Yeah. Well, I think we got one more. Let's see who's going to tell us yeah. about that. <laughs> well, over the years, REPA has had great editors and historians that enjoyed taking pen to paper and continuing with some great stories. One such person was Art Fugat, REPA historian, and he was a historian for several years. Art went to work for Eastern in 1932 when it was Eastern Air Transport, and he knew Captain Eddie very well. Uh, Mr. Producer, can you play a clip from that that Art wrote about Captain Eddie that fits right in with the humor in today's show? Yep. And here's a short one in the humor department. Uh, it's titled, Fame Can Be Fleeting Sometimes, by Art Furchgott. Sometimes we all take for granted that most everyone is knowledgeable about certain things. Related here is an incident that shows it isn't true. Back in the olden days of 1963, I was flying from New York to Miami, returning from a business trip. By chance, Captain Rickenbacker was on the same flight. 
I didn't know he was on board until I was going forward to get a magazine. As I passed his seat on the aisle, he caught my arm and then turned to his seat companion, a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, and Captain Eddie addressed the Marine and said, Lieutenant, I want you to meet Art Furchgott. He worked for me in the planning and construction of our facilities. The captain continued on discussing several airport terminal projects that had been completed prior to his retirement. We chatted for several minutes, and then I got a magazine and returned to my seat. When I deplaned at Miami, the Marine lieutenant was waiting for me in the terminal. He pulled me over to one side out of the traffic flow and said, Say, who is that guy sitting next to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well... I tell you what, uh, Rickenbacker did have a good memory, and uh, uh, they both. Uh, Art came to Eastern before Rickenbacker came to Eastern, and uh, Rickenbacker came a couple of years later as the general manager for North American Aviation, who had the ownership stock in Eastern. Uh, at that time, Eastern Air Transport that was purchased from Pitt Caron. So, at any rate, that's it. Uh, uh, Harry, I think you've got something you can share with us. Yeah, well, while we're talking about humor, and since most of our listeners are of an older age, you might enjoy this. They're called truisms. When one door closes and another door opens, you're probably in prison. (laughs) To me, drink responsibly means don't spill it. (laughs) Age 60 might be the new 40, but 9 o'clock p.m. is the new midnight. (laughs) That is true. Sure. It's the start of a brand new day, and I'm off like a herd of turtles. (laughs) The older I get, the earlier it gets late. (laughs) Now, this one, this one is really, I mean, it probably applies to all of us when I, when I say the other day, I could be referring to any time between yesterday and 15 years ago. Mm. It's firm. I remember being able to get up without making sound effects. <laughs> I had my patients tested. I'm negative. I got none. Remember, if you lose a sock in the dryer, it comes back as a Tupperware lid that doesn't fit any of your containers. <laughs> If you're sitting in public and a stranger takes a seat next to you, just stare straight ahead and say, did you bring the money? <laughs> when you ask me what, I'm, what am I doing today and I say nothing, it does not mean I am free. It means I am doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I finally got eight hours of sleep. Took me three days, but whatever. <laughs> I run like For the sure. Wind. I hate when a couple argues in public I miss the beginning And I don't know whose side I'm on When someone asks you What I did over the weekend I squint and ask Why? What'd you hear? When you do squats 
are your knees supposed to sound like a goat chewing on an aluminum can stuffed with celery? <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt people. I just randomly remember things and really get excited. <laughs> when I ask for directions, please don't use words like east. <laughs> don't bother walking a mile on my shoes. That would be boring. Spend 30 seconds in my head. That'll freak you right out. <laughs> Sometimes someone unexpected comes into your life out of nowhere. Makes your heart race. And changes you forever. We call those people cops. <laughs> My luck is like a ball guy who just want a comb. <laughs> very good, my Harry. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, well, since good. we have a little uh, humor today, Mr. Producer, can you sprinkle in a little bit of Eastern poetry? No, I can't because I ran out of time. <laughs> I was so busy doing nothing. <laughs> now, that's no joke, folks. That's true, because I didn't have time to do it. We've had a few technical problems, uh, and I was hoping that it would be resolved yesterday when two technicians from AT&T showed up, uh, one a the mechanic uh, technician and the other one a uh, look-over-his-shoulder uh, supervisor. And uh, they both worked here probably about three hours trying to figure out why every half hour my Internet uh, goes offline, followed by my television, followed by my cell phone. And I have nothing to communicate with except to my wife. (laughs) so, Unbelievable. so at any rate, well, they said work, they, whatever, because we're hearing fine today, and we didn't get cut off. Well, yeah. last night about two o'clock, uh, I I go to bed with watching news, and uh, pee time is around one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and and so when when I when I got up, the television was frozen to a picture, <laughs> so I knew oh. what had happened. So I came in here to the computer room, and sure enough, it had uh, it had tripped off. My computer had tripped off. In other words, the oh. cyber optics had gone off, and and everything is tied to the cyber optics. And and oh, trying wow. to explain that to me yesterday by these two technicians was uh, almost an impossibility. Uh, but uh, at any rate, yeah, they he did wire me with an Ethernet. A connection which actually using Wi-Fi you're basically running at about half speed and so when he plugged me up to Ethernet I was running twice the speed of sound uh, or either twice the Wi-Fi speed anyhow and uh, so this thing is really fast as far as pulling up whatever I ask it to pull up on the internet whether it's a Facebook or or a, a word processor, it's there as soon as I uh, click the um, the mouse. It's there. So well, it is fast. Don't we all have uh, Ethernet now with our Comcast? And No, no, that- not yet. It's available to you if you're plugged in to the back of your modem to the Ethernet cable, which I was not. Yeah, I was relying strictly on, oh. on Wi-Fi connection, which most everyone does use Wi-Fi. 
Okay. We have Ethernet because I know it's plugged in. It's a different color wire Yeah, here. yeah. Plugs yeah. into the yellow yeah. socket in the back. Right, and, right, yeah. exactly. So I know so, that we uh, do have it uh, because, you know, I haven't had any problems that way, thankfully, I say. Don't cut the yellow wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yellow wire. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, at any rate... Uh, I learned a lot, and uh, so that's your poetry. If you want to know what happened to the poetry today, <laughs> that's, that's oh, it. Oh, we'll have to suffer it out. That's all. <laughs> it, it, it went out faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, there wow. was something interesting that I saw, and I passed it on over to you, Captain Mike, and that was about uh, what uh, the airlines are running nowadays with COVID uh, uh, amongst us and uh, how it has affected the airlines, and I was just absolutely amazed. Do you have that piece, Captain Mike, that you... Uh, I do have it here. Here was okay. a, a post from, uh, a posting on uh, Yahoo News about the COVID versus the airlines. Due to COVID-19 lockdowns and travel restrictions, air travel has dropped dramatically in the in the first half of 2020. Passenger numbers decreased by 58 0.4% worldwide compared to the same time period in 2019, according to the analysts of ACI, Airports Council International. That amounts to a reduction in passengers of $5.6 billion for the year. Not surprisingly, wow. revenues have dropped as well. Airlines are expected to make $104.5 billion less than their projected revenues for 2020. And things aren't expected to look good anytime soon. The holidays are usually the major travel time, but the analysts predict that the passenger traffic volumes will only reach about 56% in December. Passenger volume is not expected to recover into the, to the 2019 levels until 2023. As air transport has always been the industry based on independent and all of its parts, the COVID-19 crisis devastated all stakeholders from the aircraft manufacturers and travel agents to retailers in the airports and resulted in job losses, business shutdowns, bankruptcies, and other instances of economic devastation. Airports Council International, ACI, would direct General Luis Felipe de Oliveira said, in the in a uh, media release, some of these statistics for Atlanta, which was ATL, one hundred and ten and a half million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 56.6 percent in the first first half of 2020. Wow! In Beijing, uh, PEK, uh, hundred million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped to 73.6 in the first half of 2020. Los Angeles, LAX, 88.1 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped 58.9% in the first half of 2020. Dubai, DXB, uh, 86.4 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 56.4% in the first half of 2020. Mm. Tokyo, H. ND, 85.5 million passengers in 2019, dropped 
by 59.2% in the first half of 2020. Chicago, ORD, 84.6 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 57.6% in the first half of 2020. London, LHR, 80.9 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 60.2% in the first half of 2020. And Shanghai, PVG, was 76.2 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 68.1% in the first half of 2020. Paris, CDG, 76.2 million passengers in 2019. Traffic dropped by 61.4% in in the first half of 2020. And last was Dallas-Fort Worth, DFW. 75.1 million passengers in 2019 had dropped by 48.2% in the first half of 2020. Those are some pretty mean statistics. Wow. Yeah. It's not getting any better, that's all. No. Yeah, because the the virus is on an upswing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, All the hot spots now. Yeah. To go along with that, I believe I, I read an article, I believe it said Southwest had been operating at about 60% capacity, American about 50 and I believe it said United about 25%. And I it know. also announced that that, uh, that Southwest is moving into O'Hare and into Houston, uh, George, uh, George H. Bush. So... Looks like uh-huh. Southwest is going to take take advantage of this summer lower capacity from some of the competitors. Yeah. But they're all doing furloughs now. I read we're almost two to three United and uh, uh, American. They're all doing furloughs of people, um, you know, which if they're doing a furlough, you don't get paid, right? Well, they, they may have to trade right. some of their... Yeah. They may have to trade some of their 737s in for some uh, some Airbus 380s now. <laughs> yeah, the 380s are being used for restaurants. <laughs> Who's doing that? Right, Shanghai. Yeah. Some somebody over there <laughs> turning them into restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. It is. It really is. It's so sad. Well. Well, they my can next, keep up my next on traveling because they're not only traveling because they're they're not well. They're they're not traveling because they're all scared of of going on an airplane. But you know, I read uh, in some internet that uh, air flying isn't uh, bad to do. Air flying isn't as bad as long as everybody's wearing masks. The problem is when they show the clip on TV, you'll see some passengers without it on. That's the problem. Well, you know, I I read a lot, Dorothy, about uh, on, on Yahoo. I read that uh, some of these airlines are kicking them off or returning to land because yep. a passenger refuses to put on. a mask on. So but that's uh, not everywhere, though, Neil. That's the problem. No, no. A lot yeah, of them are doing true. the testing right in um, the airline area. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're doing tests. So if you, you don't pass the test, you're not getting on. Well, you know, I 
I go to hospitals like you guys do, and I've been going here for my eyes over at the Mayo Clinic, and we've got a beautiful Mayo Clinic here. You heard me talk about it. But uh, uh, when you go into the hospitals now, uh, I don't care which one's here, uh, they they ask you all the uh, COVID questions, and then they take a temperature reading, and uh, I wonder when they're going to start taking uh, the regular ear sample, you know, and having something fast that they can determine whether you're positive or negative. But uh, Well, I would think that eventually that will happen. You know, where Chuck was, and he just got out today, but, uh, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I told yeah, him about yeah. that. When, yeah. he, when he was there, he couldn't have any visitors. They refused to let any one of his family visit. Or, yeah. Uh, not that we okay. would have gone anyway, but that's the last place that I'd want to be inside anything like that. But uh, I know that when I had to go for my for an emergency for my thumb, Don couldn't go inside with me. I had to be in there by myself. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you uh, about uh, what happened the other day when I started to get serious about wanting to fix my computer and my television and my cell phone, all riding on the same uh, cyber optics. Uh, I call the AT&T number, and, of course, you hear the click, and uh, that click sends me all the way across the sea to Europe. And now I'm in the tech room somewhere in Europe, and I get this very nice young man, uh, very good English, as a matter of fact, and uh, we start chatting, and he asked me, you know, the, the the password and all that stuff I have to give to make sure that they're not wasting time, someone trying to trying to get some free information. But uh, at any rate, we got beyond that, and I told him my problem, and he told me that uh, I had to do this, do that, do this, do that. You know how they tell you, walk you through it. And the first thing I told him, I said, now, if you're going to – mess around with my modem from over there in Europe, I'm telling you that once you disconnect, you disconnect from me too. So I can't answer any of your questions. If you ask me what light I'm showing on the modem, I can't tell you because I can't talk to you. So I finally got that message over to him and, and he was very nice and he did his routine check and he said, well, he came back, and, and he called me, and uh, knowing that I didn't have any way of getting back with him, he called me, and he said, uh, now try this, that, and the other, and I did, and sure enough, everything was working fine. Well, I was uh, chatting along with him, and he uh, I mentioned the fact that uh, I was hoping that we would be able to do our radio show, and that kind of intrigued him, and he says, oh, you do a radio show? And I said, yep, sure do. Been doing it for nearly 10 years now. And he said, well, what's it about? And I said, well, first of all, it's not on an antenna here on Earth. It's an antenna up in the sky. It's a satellite antenna. And uh, we project around the world. And we've identified 50-plus countries that listen to us. I said, now, would you mind telling me what country you're in? And he said, well, I'm not allowed to do that. And I said, oh, okay, I can understand. And he said, well, how can I listen to your show? And I said, oh, you have an interest in aviation? And he said, oh, that's what it's about? 
I said, yes, it's about aviation, but we talk about a lot of things. We talk about, and then we even play music. And uh, so he said, well, he said, my roommate has been wanting to be an airline pilot for a long time. And I have encouraged him to go ahead and take flight lessons. And he called me the other day and he said that he had soloed. He had done his first solo. And I said, oh, would you tell him from the Eastern Airlines radio show, congratulations, and we hope to hear both of you on our show. And he said, well, what time do you go on the air? And so we got that all uh, sorted out about what time he gets because he works a late shift. And uh, so he's getting off an hour before we go on air. So he said, well, I'll try to listen in. And he says, uh, okay. And I gave him all the ways of listening to us. And he said, now, if you have any problems with that modem, you make sure you, you let me know, and I'll try to listen to you Monday night. And I said, oh, okay. So at any rate, make a long story longer, I, uh, I called him the next day because I was having problems. And he had given me a personal uh, number that I could call over there and talk to him about it. So I called him, and he says, you know, when I went home last night, he says, I listened to three of your episodes. And he says, I love them. He said, count me in to listen to you every time I get, <laughs> every chance I get. And he says, and my friend, he's going to be asking you guys a lot of questions about flying, I'm sure. So uh, we picked up a person, and by the way, uh, his name, uh, he gave me his name. And he sent me an email with his name on it and his phone number and his uh, e- email address. And using that email, that his name, first and last name, I called Emery, Dorothy and Don. You know Emery, my, my yeah. good friend from Turkey. And I said, Emery, this name, can you identify the country associated with, with these letters? I mean, how they spell their name and how it's pronounced? And he said, Sure. So he called me back in a little bit, and he says he's from Slovakia. Oh, how interesting. So we've got a Slovakian, hopefully two listeners now. and uh, Another one's to the list. Well, we've got, we, we've got uh, Hungary and Poland. Of course, Hungary and Poland squeezed Slovakia. I looked it up on the map, and Slovakia sits in between those two countries. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's very neat the way that... Uh, he picked up on it right away and wanted to hear about it. And I, the next time I called him, I said, uh, oh, thanks for listening to the three episodes, and I hope you can listen to more. I said, by the way, uh, how is – and I mentioned the capital of Slovakia. And he says, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? And I said, well, you are from Slovakia, aren't you? He said, you know, I'm not supposed to talk about where we're from. I said, okay, forget it. I, I, I won't talk to you about where you're from. And you told him you were we Kojak. We know where you are, but don't talk to me about it. Yeah. yeah. You said, and you said Kojak here, right? Yeah. yeah. Kojak, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, it's, it, it, it's a small world, and and I told these two technicians that were here at the house yesterday all about the radio show, and they copied the, um, the way that you can uh, listen to it, and I'm sure they'll be listening in, too. 
So uh, every chance, that's that's right, every chance I get. And people are interested. Even my eye surgeon at the Mayo Clinic, I was telling him how to get on the radio show. (laughs) 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 On the operating table. We'll take anybody, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's it's fun fun we have. Yeah. Well, if he got his shirt want... tail his shirt tail trim for soloing. That's right. I don't know. Do you think they yeah. still do that, Mike? Yeah, as far as I know, most of these flight schools out here on Long Island they they do it. I mean, I <laughs> okay. haven't been around to see much of it, but uh, hey, I've heard this. that they still do. Well, listen to this. I had bought a, I bought a brand new shirt. You gotta wear an old shirt on your solo day. I know. I didn't know I was gonna solo until he pulled me over and said, "Take off." You know, I gotta take a leak. Take off. Well, let me let me tell you this one. Well, this one's so funny that when you check out as a captain with the airline, they do the same thing. They used to. Uh, So when I checked out, let's see, I checked out as captain in 1972, I think it was. And uh, I knew that uh, once my mother-in-law signed me off, you know, I had the necessary uh, him in the right seat time. He gets out and you're solo. And the next trip, you've got a first officer flying with you. And uh, so going into operations, of course, they tore me. He tore my shirt off and pinned it to the wall there in Atlanta, Hartsfield, the old terminal. And uh, there it was, and everybody signs your name, their name, congratulations. Remind me the days that you're flying so I can stay home. So (laughs) that type of thing. But listen to this. You'll love this. I had been watching because at that time we had a lot of guys checking out as captain. And I was watching the signatures on a lot of these shirts that were pinned to the wall, knowing mine would be up there hopefully soon. Uh, I always saw Frank Borman had signed his name, Frank Borman, and underneath his name, he put God bless. So I figured, well, old Frank's going to sign mine. Now, this is when Frank was not such a bad guy, you know. So when I, when I soloed as captain, here comes my shirt. I had, you know, my fair share of people congratulating me and uh, funny remarks being said. And there, again, about the same location as the other shirts, was Frank Borman. God bless. But guess what? It's a rubber stamp. I had had put it there. I had put it there. Oh, you did it. (laughs) Oh, that was I was going to say, somebody had a rubber stamp. No, true story, true story. And I, I signed his name and put God bless like oh, the other shirts. you still have your shirt, Neil? No, I don't know what happened to it. I think I used it as a dust a dust rag. <laughs> <laughs> furniture, furniture polish cloth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. But uh, it, was, it was funny. But uh, anyhow, we don't have much fun, but we have a piss poor time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, enough of this nonsense until next week, right? You guys come up. Uh, I want to hear some good stuff from you guys. <laughs> Mike, you always have some good stuff. 
Harry, you're coming well. up with better stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don, no, we got a lot. Of, you know, I, I didn't get my shirt tail uh, trimmed off. I just uh, it was just kind of a regular day when I when I got up, uh, got ready to get in the right seat when I came up in the cockpit and. The, the the guy that was the captain was sitting in the right seat, so I said, "Well, what's going on here?" He says, "Well, nothing's going on." He says, "You're going on." <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's curtain time. <laughs> now, now this will this will really floor you. I got one more to tell. True story. These are all true stories. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell something that wasn't true. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> when when I was walking the picket line in Pensacola, Florida having left the airline in 89 at the strike, uh, I kind of was cheated out of my retirement. And as you know, when most captains retire on the last flight, the symbolic tradition is that the airport that you land, usually your home base, honors you with the water ceremony with the fire trucks. And Eastern, by the way, I understand, was the first airline to start that. Uh, with the hoses going over the airplane. And so I was cheated out of that. However, when I went to Pensacola and I did the picket detail and everything, uh, I had a friend of mine that wanted to learn to fly. And I had my instructor rating and I was doing some instructing out there. Uh, close to Sherman Field, NAS Pensacola. And uh, this guy was an older guy, and, and he said, uh, I'll rent the airplane, and, and you teach me to fly. Well, he was about my age. And so I said, fine. Well, I knew a couple of the guys at the airport, Pensacola fixed base operator. And on one of my flights, I said, hmm, now's a good time to take this little Piper Cadet or whatever it was. It was a two-seater Piper Yankee, or what would that be, Mike? Yankee or cadet or something like that. It's a trainer. Well, they used to have an, a, a little uh, thing called the American Yankee before it was taken Yankee, over. Yankee, that's what it was. It was a Yankee. Two-seater. Right, yeah. Well, that's what I was teaching I used to, them. I used to teach them. I know they were punks of junk. <laughs> well, I told him, I told these two guys at this Pensacola uh, flight operations, the fixed base operator, if they would do me a favor, and when I taxied in to the uh, fuel area yeah. right before I get to the fuel yeah. area if they would take a garden hose and, and, and they would, water they would spray, spray it over the cockpit window I would feel much obliged and pay them whatever they needed to do and by right. the way I wanted a picture taken and did you know those guys were there to, uh, to spray spray me down Yeah, true story true story <laughs> well, you know, speaking of water cannons, you know, the uh, the water cannon, I think I told you guys a story a while back on one of the shows about, because I, I flew the last uh, with two other guys. I was, a co as the co-pilot, flew the very first 727, ship number one, yeah. from Payne Field down to Boeing Field to put in the museum. So we got, basically, I retired about uh, about three months after that with my own company. But we were when we did that move that airplane, uh, we we ended up with a water cannon on departure, and a water cannon on arrival. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I got a double oh. deal. <laughs> they made a video of it's that on, too, it's didn't on they, the, Mike? It's on the internet. It's on the internet. Yep. Yeah. My golly! Oh was that, golly! Was the aircraft <laughs> one? 
Say again? Was that, was that aircraft 101? It nah, was, no, think. that was uh, Eastern. It, this was a United Airlines airplane because oh, they uh, had number one. That was yeah. you know their their line number one. It was not it was not only a test airplane, but it was also it went to United and they it had sat up at Payne Field once uh, United donated it back to Boeing. It sat there for 25 years before they got it airworthy oh, wow. in about a year and a half. We so flew we could the get first it down. commercial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we it's uh you know Eastern flew the Eastern flew, flew the first revenue flight. Yeah, yeah. On the seven two in in sixty four, yeah. as you probably all know. Yeah, yeah. But th- this was the first one, and it's now sits in the in the pavilion right next to the seven forty seven down there at Boeing Field. Well, when I hang up here, I'm gonna go and grab that video and re- look at it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of. Them. Okay, well that's. It's been a good show. Guess what? I hear. Oh, good. Well, before we sign off, our host, good. webmaster, and lovely wife, Dorothy, has a few words about our future shows. Dorothy? Well, a future show is coming up. Uh, we have on Monday the effects of COVID-19 on the airlines, uh, followed by Halloween and the Bermuda Triangle. Then, of course, we have our music show, and in November, we're going to start off the month with uh, Honor Veterans and a Tribute to the World War Wave. We have quite a few others that are coming up, and all of that will be on our website and included in our e-blast. We are happy to continue providing Eastern Family with so many different ways to keep the Eastern memory alive and connect with our friends and fellow employees almost daily. The latest news of the old and the new is brought to you on the EAL Radio Show website. And by these broadcasts, we do twice weekly. We encourage you to add your voice and memories to the broadcast by calling in and sending to the website your comments to the webmaster, that is me, Dorothy, so that we may include them on the very popular website. Browse the many pages, and you may catch up on news and even photos that people have in there from your Eastern colleagues or read exciting comments sent into the webmaster. Back to you, Don, and thanks. Well, thanks, Dorothy. Well, we'll see you folks again next week, same time, when we continue our trip through the pages of Repartee, as printed in the magazine of the Retired Eastern Pilots Association and other publications. And by the way, if you haven't visited our website, it's www.ealradioshow.com. You'll find many more Great Eastern stories and memories. So it's time to say goodbye on behalf of all of our hosts and our producer, Captain Neil Holland. This is Don Gagnon saying, so long, Eastern family. We love you, Eastern. We love you. So long, Eastern. Love you. Love Easter. So long. They're taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. Slowly fading. Good show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Good night, all. See you later. Bye. 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 Thanks.